Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hola, welcome to the show. 203 333 9422. Listen, we had Andrew Goldberg on yesterday. And I feel like I need to do a little bit of a follow-up. If you missed it, please listen to the podcast. I want you to hear him in his own words. I think that's the fairest thing to do because, I mean, first of all, he did write in his own words in Newsweek, and that was really something Andrew Goldberg wrote about being the experience of a parent whose uh, middle school son had experienced anti-Semitism. And it was really interesting because what he's focusing on far more than uh, what his child experienced, although that's a big part of it, is uh, the response of the school system. And, you know, uh, somebody wrote me this morning, and he said that, you know, he sort of um, inferred that the suggestion is that anti-Semitism is rampant in Westport. I don't think it's rampant. I don't even think Mr. Goldberg would necessarily think it's rampant. I think what he's saying is when it occurs, whether it's rampant or it's isolated, it's not being dealt with properly. And so in answer to that, the um, the the chair of the Westport Board of Education, Lee Goldstein, responded with a letter, and the letter was published in Dan Woog's blog, 06880. And she responded as a member of the Westport Jewish community and chair of the Board of Education. So she wears two hats. Right away, she tells you she's Jewish, and she's the chair of the Board of Ed. I personally feel the real and understandable fear, anger, and anguish Many Jews are currently experiencing. She says she's also deeply troubled by the rabbi's letter today on 06880. The rabbi, Rabbi Shira Sklar, had written a letter from Temple Shalom in Norwalk. She is part of the of Andrew Goldberg's. She's 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 a clergy a person who is uh, who Andrew Goldberg's family is in the congregation, and she wrote a letter in which she basically uh, said that she was quite alarmed and. Um, Ms. Goldstein says that she, quote, feels compelled to respond publicly because the compassionate professional teachers and administrators who run our school district and support our children are being unjustly accused of ignoring anti-Semitism. And she's not suggesting that anybody should minimize the bullying from anti-Semitism, but she is saying, quote, our educators not only followed all applicable laws, policies, and procedures, they also work respectfully and compassionately with all the families. 
to try and reach acceptable solutions. And then she says, for good but frustrating reasons under federal law, only individuals directly responsible for education and safety of students can be privy to details of student incidents. All schools are legally bound to protect the privacy of all students and families. And then she said, I would like to say I wish the rabbi had reached out to the district before publishing her letter. But the hard truth is that even if she had, we could not have shared any additional information. And she basically is telling the community, look, we gathered the facts. We considered the needs and feelings and well-being of the children. We implemented appropriate safety measures. We are not hiding behind jargon. We prohibit anti-Semitism and take action against it. And she said, in partnership with ADL and other experts, we will continue to engage in the community. I, um, I have not, I didn't, I'm not in town, as you know. I'm here because my mom is sick. And I'll be back when I'm back, when she's well. But, and she will be, God willing. But uh, I missed last night, or I would have attended, because I do live in Westport, a forum that I understand was packed, held at Temple Israel. Rabbi Michael Friedman is the, is the rabbi there. So is Stacy Sobel, who's been on our show. She's the head of the local Connecticut Anti-Defamation League and also a resident of Westport. Uh, she um, and the rabbi addressed anti-Semitism at a forum last night. And they had a Q&A afterwards. I understand it was very well attended. It was very good. Matt Mandel was there. He's a member of the RTM in Westport who gave a five-minute speech on anti-Semitism at the latest RTM meeting. He's coming on tomorrow to actually talk about that as well as some other issues on his mind. But look, the bottom line is that Westport is is having a moment. Uh, my town is having a moment. We estimate about a third of our residents are Jewish. And when I say Jewish, they're Jewish, or maybe they're part of interfaith marriages that are Jewish, or maybe they're half Jewish, but, you know, Jewish enough. And, um, and they're having a moment. And they're not only having a moment because of what may or may not happen with respect to... Uh, with respect to Andrew Goldberg and his family and feeling sympathetic to that, which is very, which is certainly something that went around the town like wildfire. But they're having a moment because, frankly, every Jew in America is having a moment. And I woke up this morning and my father brought to me, because, you know, we still like the printed paper in our group, so my parents also subscribe to the print. He brought to me, and I'm going to, I want to talk about it with you right now because I sent it to a lot of my friends this morning. A columnist, Brett Stevens, who's a conservative columnist who writes for the New York Times. I didn't know anything about him except that I've been reading him. I happen to like his writing. He does something with Gail Collins once a week. Gail is a little bit to the left. Brett is a little bit to the right. And they had this wonderful dialogue in writing about what went on during the week every week. And I enjoy reading it very much. But Brett Stevens' column this morning I think is sort of a must-read. And it says, why I can't stop writing about October 7th. America was once the land in which Jews didn't have to hide no longer. I want to tell you what a pang that gives me in my heart. A pang, a pang, a pang. He writes this. This will be my last column of the year. And it'll be more personal than most. I can't stop writing about October 7th and its aftermath. And then he tells us something we didn't know. We didn't know. I didn't know. He said, a few weeks ago, my mother was watching footage of a Jewish student being taunted and mobbed by anti-Israel demonstrators at Harvard after he tried to film them. She said to him, I was born in hiding, 
I don't want to die in hiding. My mother was born in Milan in 1940 to a family that had fled the Bolsheviks in Moscow and then a few years later the Nazis in Berlin. She was baptized to avoid suspicion. One of her earliest memories is of being abruptly hidden under a nun's habit. It was only after the war, after she arrived in New York as a refugee, that she learned she was Jewish. America, to her, was the land in which you didn't have to hide. That's no longer true. This is Brett Stevens writing. Well before October 7th, Jews were tucking their stars of David under their collars or hiding their kippahs under baseball caps to avoid being shunned or harassed. But that reality was shamefully underreported by news organizations that otherwise see themselves as champions of the marginalized and oppressed. And then he talks about October 7th, and then he says this. Subtext became text. Gas the Jews was the chant heard from protesters at the Sydney Opera House. From the river to the sea, from the quads of once great American universities. The same students who had been carefully instructed in the nuances of microaggressions suddenly went very macro when it came to making Jews feel despised. The same progressives who erupted in righteous rage during a Me Too became somnambulant in the face of abundant evidence that Israeli women had been mutilated, gang-raped, and murdered by Hamas. The same humanitarians who cried foul over migrant kids in cages at the southern U.S. border didn't seem particularly bothered that Israeli kids were being held in tunnels or that posters with their names and faces were routinely torn down on New York street corners. And then he said something, and he says something that I really want to talk with you about, which is honestly, to me, the most chilling takeaway of all. A recent Harvard-Harris poll conducted this month, this month, finds that 44% of Americans aged 25 to 34 and a whopping 67% of those aged 18 to 24 agree with the proposition that Jews as a class are oppressors. By contrast, only 9% of Americans over 65 feel that way. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I want you to think about that. The generation over 65 that lived through the actual history of the birth of the state of Israel, of all of the attempts with Arafat to try and reach peace, president after president after president sitting down 
with the enemies of Israel to try and reach a two-state solution and having it fail. So only 9% of people over 65 feel that Jews are oppressors, a, a very small minority, because the rest lived history, saw history, and understand history. But the young people, the young people, 67%, have been brainwashed, have been steeped in, 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 um, in ignorance, or worse than ignorance, have been steeped in a worldview that is not based on fact. And, and this is what he writes that really is chilling to me, and I wonder if you agree with this. The same generation that received the most instruction in the virtues of tolerance is now the most anti-Semitic in recent memory, right? What has been shoved down the throats of every single person over the last 20 years? What has been shoved down the throats? Tolerance, microaggression, seeing something from someone else's side, looking at the world in the prism of race, understanding everything in terms of people's historical history. But what, a glaring exception for Jews? What happened here? You know, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking how unbelievably brilliantly successful the powers that be in the Arab world were when they decided about 20 years ago after 9-11 that they would take their money and they would give it to American universities in exchange for buying chairmanships and influencing curriculum and making sure that they had enough kids from their countries with visas that are here as Trojan horses because we see what they're about now. They're not about obeying the laws. They're not about respecting free speech. They're not about any of that. They're about intimidation and bullying when it comes to the Middle East conflict. There was another chilling thing that I read yesterday in which one of a U.S. senator from Alaska, Senator Sullivan, who was who's not Jewish and who was a, uh, an alum of Harvard, went back to Harvard for a reunion of sorts. And he went to this beloved Widener Library. Now, I'm not a Harvard person. I don't know Widener Library. Maybe you're listening and you know it. But apparently it was a place of cherished learning. And he went there because he had great memories of sitting in the library and learning. And he went there and he said that the entire space was taken over by people wearing the, um, the headdress, the Palestinian headdress, and being very angry and violent on the Israeli-Palestinian issue. And he started to engage with them and challenge some of their thinking and their preconceptions. And then they called him a murderer. And they called him terrible, vile names. And he couldn't believe that this was happening in Harvard. And he wrote an article about this in which he said that Harvard is not a safe space for, for Jews anymore to study. And he's not Jewish. And he was so shocked and alarmed and appalled by this that as a U.S. senator, he's trying to think about what he's going to do about it in Congress, if anything. And we know that the answer is not more censorship. We've spoken about that. We spoke about that yesterday with David French. Uh, but the answer is to some extent, a re-education, right? A proper education uh, in what really happened there and the history of what happened there and what's still happening there. And anyway, I just want to tell you this. I woke up this morning and I told you that my life has always been steeped in understanding my people's history because it just is second nature to me. And my father's parents came here through Ellis Island. My Papa Benny uh, escaped 
the Russian Revolution, the Bolsheviks. And he came here and he said, I forgot Russia the day I left Russia. And he was all in as an American. And my grandma Helen came at the age of 13. My papa came at 21. And she ended up settling on a farm in Connecticut and growing up in Uncasville, Connecticut, and eventually meeting my papa in Brooklyn where they made mattresses and schlepped up four flights of stairs. And my father slept in the living room and because they had a two-bedroom apartment. My Aunt Gloria slept in her bedroom. And they had pretty great life, pretty, pretty great life. My grandma lived to 106 and a half. My papa lived to 91. They never wanted for anything. They ended up living in a tiny apartment in the Jewish Association, and they were so happy to be here, and they were so grateful to America, and they loved America so much. And I grew up with that. And my mother's side, too, they had come a generation before, but everybody was so grateful and loves America, loved America. And I've always loved this country. And I've always read about uh, the people who had to leave Germany or that were smart enough to leave it when they saw the signs coming. And it's only recently that I'm feeling a little bit honestly of the pang, of the, pa- of the pain of what it must have felt like to leave a country you really loved because you thought you couldn't live there anymore. I've really started to think that. I've started to think, should I leave this country? Should my children, should my grandchild who's going to be born here, is there a future for her? Should she be here? I love this country. I believe in America. I believe we're a different place. We're not Europe. We're not Germany. But I got to tell you, am I just being blind? Am I being stupid? Am I willfully being blind because I'm clinging to the known and what I love? I'm Lisa Wexler. We're going to be right back with Marissa Gillette of Pura. But if you want to think about that and talk about that with me, we've got time later on in the show. 203-333-9422. We'll be right back. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.